Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. I'm sure many of us over the past few months or maybe over the past year have asked the same question, what's going on in our country? We hear of corruption in the federal government and the local government. We hear of our countries wanting to threaten us with nuclear war. Our country is divided politically. We have political parties that are working to oppose one another and legislation. Instead of uniting in the spirit of altruism for the benefit of all in our country, they work to oppose each other. It seems all crazy. Now, more than ever, our country should be coming together to unite as patriots. Worse yet, our faith-based teaching is always under attack. As Catholics, we're ridiculed, especially for our values of the sanctity of life and marriage. At a personal level, we have challenges in our own lives. Maybe we care for a loved one whose health is declining. Well, we are people of faith. And yet, we ask the question, how and when will this continue on? We know God will help us. We know God will help us during this tumultuous and uncertain times. But we ask the question, how long can we persevere without being caught up in the gloom and doom? And it's hard. Every day, we look at our media, and our media, they're constantly promulgating this pessimistic attitude 24 hours a day. Well, the first thing we have to do is search for answers. We don't have to look any further than all three of the scripture readings for this weekend. I don't believe in coincidence. I believe in providence. And that's what these readings are. Go to the first reading. We hear from Second Chronicles. Now back up a bit. First and Second Chronicles are very special books in the Old Testament. They're unique. They summarize God's intervention in salvation history. More to it, it gives us a clear and distinct message how God intervenes on behalf of the Israelites and continues on in our day and age. Throughout salvation history, God comes to save and protect. Now, in this weekend's readings, from the first reading, 2 Chronicles gives us a brief synopsis of how God intervened when the Israelites were in their Babylonian exile. Now, remember, the Babylonian exile was one in which the Babylonians conquered the Israelite nation and took them off to live as slaves in Babylon, which is present-day Iraq. Now, this lasted maybe 50, 70 years. But in the first reading, it summarizes it in just three paragraphs. But that's not good enough. We have to understand the whole context in which it is set in. The Israelite nation is conquered and taken off to live as slaves. Now, why is that? was because God's wrath and judgment upon the Israelites for doing something, for disobeying God. No, I don't think so. 
It's because the Israelites themselves became spiritually and morally complacent. They began to first worship false gods, and then they no longer followed the laws that God established for a right relationship with God. Now, it's important to note, this didn't happen overnight. Instead, it took decades and decades for the Israelites to come to this point. The Israelites followed their own will, rather than the will of God. And in doing so, they became susceptible to temptation. And it continued to the extent that they succumbed to the temptations of the world. And it gradually led them away from God. Now, how does God react to this? Does he cast judgment and destroy the Israelites? No. In fact, just the opposite. As we see in the first reading, God reacts by sending prophet after prophet after prophet with the same message. Turn away from your evil ways, the source of your own personal destruction, and turn towards God. Now, for centuries, the Israelites heard that message. At times, they listened and obeyed. But most of the times, they didn't. Worse yet is how they treated the prophets. It says, some they beat, others they killed. Now, despite this, God continues to send prophet after prophet. The first thing that we can take from this, how patient God is. It's overwhelming. Now, why is that? Well, this is strange for us to understand. The natural human instinct is to hold the Israelites accountable, even to punish them, teach them a lesson. But our God doesn't act that way. Why is that? Well, Paul puts it the best in the second reading. He says, God is rich in mercy. His great love is for us. The first thing that we can take from this, God never gives up on us. Just like the Israelites, God will never give up on us at all. That's why he sent prophet after prophet to the Israelites. Now, granted, the Israelites, they rejected the prophets and their message, and they became weak spiritually and morally. As a result, they were conquered. And as slaves, they suddenly realized what they've done, and then they repented. And once they repented, then God takes action. He intervenes. As it says in the first reading, he raised up the Persian Empire, And King Cyrus of Persia led an army against the Babylonians and conquered them. And then he set the Israelites free. Here we understand God's intervention. God used King Cyrus of Persia as an instrument of God's grace to intervene and allow the Israelites to be set free and go home. Well, we can learn from this ourselves. God does the same thing for us. He sends people or events into our life that are instruments of God's grace to help us grow in a greater spiritual life with God or to set us back on the right path that leads to God. God sends people as instruments of His grace to help us to grow spiritually. Now you say to yourself, okay, I understand all this, but how does it apply to me? Well, during those difficult times in our life, we have to have faith. Faith gives us hope, hope in the rescue. Despite the fact that all seems hopeless, God will always be with us. He won't abandon us. Just like the Israelites, when they were in slavery, they felt the sense of hopelessness. Well, faith gives us the promise that Jesus, God, will not abandon us. And instead, 
will intervene on our behalf. Faith, you could say, is that lifeline that we grasp, we cling to, floating in a sea of despair. What's the worst thing that we can do? Let go. Let go. And when we let go of our faith, we sink into the sea of hopelessness. Just like the Israelites, we make ourselves weaker, more susceptible to temptation, more susceptible to be conquered by our fears and sin. And once we cave into that world of fear, then we do feel a sense of hopelessness. And then we won't be able to weather more storms that blow in and out of our life. Now, those storms come in many different forms. Maybe an unexpected diagnosis, an unexpected death in the family, unemployment, broken relationships, whatever it may be. We have to weather those storms. Only faith can do that for us. Worse yet is for us to blame God for the problems that we have in our life or even in this world. We have to understand the problems that we see in this world, the source of those problems are not God. God did not cause them. Those problems in this world are due to people's thirst for power and greed. It's due to negligence. It's due to poor moral judgment and on and on. See, we can't allow the events of this world to wear us down to a point of hopelessness. It becomes light draining. And see, this is why faith is so important for us. That's why Paul says in the second reading, Even though we are dead because of sin, God brought us to life. Our God is a God of life. Therefore, with life with Christ, we have that hope that we will be rescued from our despair. That's why Jesus says in the gospel, God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that those who would believe in him might be saved. God is the source of all life. And that's why he sends his son into this world so that we may have life and life in abundance. And that life began at the moment of our baptism and continued on through subsequent sacraments, especially the Eucharist. Every time we eat Jesus' body and drink his blood, We become strengthened, and now we are able to persevere and overcome any challenges because the body and blood of Christ helps us draw stronger in that union of life that we share with Jesus Christ. That union of life sustains us. It's like a lifeline amongst the waters of chaos in our life. That's why Paul says, We are his handiwork, created by Christ. I've said many times before, No one is in this world by mistake. We are all here in this world intentionally, created, motivated by love, so that we might have life and then bring life to others that feel a sense of hopelessness. And that's what's so important. Our God is a God of life, and all life in this world is a reflection of God's love. And it is that great gift of life that God shares with us, And we have union with Jesus because of that. Therefore, we must cherish the greatest possession we have, which is the gift of our life, our life with Christ and union with him. And it is that union that is the source of our faith, a life rooted in Jesus Christ. And therefore, our faith will be able to persevere and overcome any challenge that we face in our personal life, in the life of our nation, or this world. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.